Welcome to Northgate's podcast. We pray you enjoy the teaching of God's Word. May the Holy Spirit encourage, exhort, and comfort you. We invite you to come and see what the Lord is doing at Northgate. Come and grow with us. May you be blessed by the God of hope. Holy Spirit, come, anoint the Word, speak to our hearts, teach us. Yeah. We just have been singing, it's all about you. The heart of worship, it's all about you, that we adore you, that we exalt you. It's just been this theme, it's all about Jesus. May that carry on into the teaching. Because we know as we look to you, we'll be encouraged. The work of the cross, your love for us, forgiveness, your grace, that you are in control. May we be encouraged, exhorted, and comforted this morning. Amen. I'm excited. I'm just trying to be calm, so I'm just, mmm. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm so thankful for Doug and his teaching, and I'm thankful... We're really great friends and we're really different. And I think that's wonderful. He's so gentle and I'm so far from it. And it's just wonderful because different voices appeal to different people and we're all the body of Christ. Amen. So I might get a little loud, but don't worry, Doug's speaking in a couple weeks. So let's turn to Ephesians, though. Get rid of chapter 5 to verse 14. And today, we're not going to take a big piece at all, but rather verses 15 through 21. I know some of you were like, oh, are you going to do verse 22? I'm going to save that for Amy next week, and we'll do it together. How about that? Yes, sirree. But today, here we go in verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. I would probably say this ranks up there with one of my favorite passages in Scripture, And God has brought you here for a reason today. Amen? And if you're listening online, he's had you tune in for a reason. This message isn't for the person next to you. This message is for me and for you. Amen? And I think if we think and believe that God wants to speak to us this morning, you're going to get a lot more out of it. 
Walk carefully. We've been in this section of walking, whether it's walking in love, walking our calling, walking in light. We know Ephesians is broken up into the sit of chapters 1 and 2, sitting in heavenly realms and the authority of God and our position in Christ and all the blessings we have and that we're saved by grace. But here practically we've talked about what that looks like. That we're to be imitators of God in how we live our life. We're to love when it's not easy. We're to walk in holiness. We're not to grieve the Holy Spirit, but rather let the Holy Spirit flow through us. The section is quite, quite, quite practical in some ways, and I don't think it's any different today. He says that we're to walk, and again, walk is a lifestyle. It's all through Scripture. We've heard verses like, Enoch walked with God, and he was no more, right? Abraham was commanded to walk before God and be blameless. It's this idea, it's not the physical walk, it's who we are, it's our lifestyle, it's everything about us. So what Paul is saying in application of who we are is, be careful how you live. That's what he's saying. Circumspectly, be careful, watch. Don't be a fool, but rather be wise. I think we all want to live a wise life. How we live, practically. We know that we can ask for wisdom. Oftentimes when I teach on wisdom, it's not so much the the guy with the big beard in the corner, the sage giving advice. Wisdom truly is who God is in our everyday life flowing out of us in all our thoughts, decisions, and actions. That's true wisdom. And he's saying here, be careful, right? Walk in that way. Don't be a, a fool. And how does that happen in our lives? He says, redeem the time. That word, buy it back. Don't let it slip away. Reclaim it. Time's a funny thing. My birthday's coming up. It's Amy's tomorrow, if you want to send her a text. But every birthday, I think after a little while, you look back and you say, man, life's getting a little quicker, isn't it? When you're younger, you're like, oh, when can I do this and when can I do that? When you're older, you're like, Roosh, I wish, right? And you look back and you say, wow, that went really, really fast. And time went fast. And so no matter the age, we want to reclaim. We want to take advantage of every opportunity. It's interesting, it says, because the days are evil. He doesn't say go hide because the days are evil. A couple weeks ago, we did that little bit of a midweek encouragement, if you saw it, where we had to give an answer in a minute. And we talked about war, and we talked about, is this the end? But the application of how we live, no matter the time, is the same. That we want to redeem time, and we want to live for Jesus, and we don't want to live in fear, thinking it's the end, and telling each other, oh, it's so evil. Do you see how evil it is? Did you read the news? Do you know how evil it is? No. We're supposed to say, Wow, how can we use what's left of the time for the Lord Jesus Christ? And I think there's far too much in the church of trying to figure out what time it is instead of using our time for God's glory. But, I think some might say, Dan, you're a broken record with that one. Isn't it funny how Scripture's a broken record? (laughs) I think Peter said, I fail not to remind you of these things. 
And as the days are evil and we see them getting darker, we want to live in wisdom by reclaiming, redeeming, buying back, using every moment of time that we have instead of letting it twiddle away in fear or doing our own thing. Come on, give me an amen. Yeah, we could finish there and that would be good in itself. But he gives us some advice on how to reclaim time. I love Paul, like, it's so, like, he just, like, these verses are like, okay, be wise, don't be a fool. How? Doing what you can with the best of your time for the Lord. Bam! What does that look like? What does that not look like? I love it when it's simple. Sometimes people say, dude, you're preaching so simple. Because I'm simple. Right? But I love what it says. Don't, don't be unwise, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. You want to redeem the time and you're saying, what is God's will? How many people say that? Young people come to me, what is God's will for my life? Or you, what is God's will for this decision? Bam, we have it right here. What is God's will? Well, God's will is that you wouldn't be full of the world, but rather full continually of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So it's dark, you want to shine. What's going to shine in you is Jesus, the Holy Spirit working through you as a channel to shine the glory of God and his character in a dark world. What is God's will? That you live for Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit to minister through you to who you're around every single day. Oh, amazing. I love this. That's wisdom. Bang! Boom! We don't have to read a book. We have it right here. This is God's will. You don't have to go see a special... I'm not saying there's anything wrong or intercessor. Or you, you know what? What is God's will? Just left or right. Focus at home. Who you are being full of Jesus. The person, the work of the Holy Spirit. And then it's even so practical, it tells us what that's going to look like. Don't you like, well, what is it to be full of the Holy Spirit? Well, we're going to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord. We're going to give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, even in evil days. Do you note that? We're going to be thankful, even in evil days. Submitting, oh, we hate that word, to one another in the fear of God. Okay, obviously there's the application, use time wisely, and we can, and, and I say, okay, do not be drunk, and I mentioned, what I kind of see that, like, that's obvious. There's, there's nothing good about the excess of alcohol in your life, but there's something much deeper than that. It's a representation of the world. And the idea is that we are not controlled. When you're drunk, you're controlled by that, right? You're not yourself. Or people say, well, I'm more myself. But you're not really yourself. But you're controlled by something and it wears off, right? To be something different or be something different than who you think you are, right? And in this idea, it's saying... The will of God is that you are controlled completely. Let's reverse it. Not by alcohol, but by the Holy Spirit. So you're someone different 
than you are normally because God is in you and working through you beyond what you could do yourself. Right? And that is absolutely incredible. I'm going to break this up a little bit into these three things. Thinking, well, what, Holy Spirit, I want to be filled with you. Because sometimes we get confused what that looks like. Or, okay, I see these things, but can you explain that a little different? And I think it's always good to give a deeper explanation to what it means to be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Amen? But this, if you're thinking application, is I want in my life. Okay? So, as I mentioned, the world, the spirit, you have to play a different tune. Now, some of you might sing songs around the house. I know my oldest son loves music, and my youngest son loves music, and all of my kids actually love music. But if you come to my house, you're going to hear Nathaniel playing the piano or the guitar nonstop, and it was the same. And I can remember when my oldest son came back from YWAM, and we had this relationship that wasn't really working out. He's playing all these sad songs on the piano. I was like, oh, okay, I know where his heart is. Things aren't working out. He said, Dad, don't you know breakup songs make the best songs? They're the top sellers. I'm like, well, no, I didn't. <laughs> this sounds nice, but it's depressing. And some of us sing the songs that the world has. But you know, to be filled by the Spirit is to sing a different tune. It's not to look at yourself and the problems you have. It's not to exalt yourself in any way. It's something completely different. You see, when I sing, it comes from the depth of who I am, usually. And I love when it talks about making melody in my heart. And I guess, what is the tune in your heart? What is inside you? I'm not looking at the exterior. What does it look like on the exterior? I guess I'm asking, what does it look like on the inside? Because I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit is more interested on what's going on the inside than the outside. And oftentimes we associate the Holy Spirit with the show, the fireworks. But God, the Spirit of God, the person of the Holy Spirit, is into holiness and changing you to be like Jesus. Repentance and confession, confession, change. How about the fruit of the Spirit? <laughs> Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These are all internal things, the work of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we associate the Holy Spirit with a show. But first and foremost, it's your character. It's the glory of God coming through you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Don't you want that? Don't you want to walk with a little more love? A little more joy, a little more peace, a little more self-control, a little more kindness. Oh, yeah. And that's how we show people we're different. I actually brought my bag for an object lesson. I've mentioned before, when I go to chapel, everyone gets excited because you brought your bag. 
object lesson, you'd be like, Pastor Dan, are you sure about this one? Oh, yeah, I went to the LCBO yesterday. <laughs> not a regular stop, though I've been there before. I'm not going to say I haven't been there, but it's not a usual stop in my path. So I went in, and I actually got an attendant. And I said, I have a strange request for you today. He's like, oh, how can I help you, sir? I said, I need to find the most creative bottle in this place. He's, what? I said, I'm a minister, pastor, I'm doing a sermon, and I have an object lesson. And he said, you know, most of the bottles are the same. I'm like, no, there's got to be some special external bottle. So the best I could do was, oh, no, did someone take it out? No. Maybe Terry Lee, after his party, he'd need a little extra last night. Anyways, I found this. Looks a little different, right? Oh, yeah, a little different, right? So, but the question, you know, I got this fancy, and it's even like this bottle engraved, and oof, yeah. It's from Francaise. I had to go to the international section here. I don't even know what it says or means or what kind it is. Um, I'm thinking it's white, but maybe the bottle's a different color. Yeah? And maybe you've had it before. That's a good one. Huh? I don't know! But my point is, when I go to get wine, I don't go to the store and say, show me the best bottle you have. Show me the best label you have. Show me the best coloring you have. If, you are if you're a wine connoisseur, and you are going to the, to the LCBO, and you're buying it on the basis of the, what the bottle looks like, they're going to laugh at you. If you want a good wine, what matters is what's on the inside, not what the exterior looks like. Okay, this is my lesson. Yes! Okay, here, I think it was 2022, but boy, I was looking at some of the other ages... And the older you get, man, they get expensive. I heard alcohol is expensive in Canada. I don't know, but it looked really expensive. Because the more the substance on the inside was known to be better, the price shot up. The value is what's on the inside. And it's so true in Scripture. It's so true with the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not care, doesn't care what the bottle looks like. But sometimes we as human beings are drawn to the dramatic show, whereas God wants to show us, I, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Spirit, the Trinity, who is God, is concerned about you on the inside and your value, how He sees you, and that you become more like Him. And the problem sometimes we're mixing up is if we see a show, we're impressed. But what happens is it doesn't last. It's not life-changing. It's like the fireworks, but they fade away. God is concerned that we would shine in evil times like a star that is so bright, so connected, so really changed by the power of God in us, the person of the Holy Spirit. So, so important. He's the helper. That's what scripture says. He's the great counselor. He draws you to Jesus through his conviction. 
He's always teaching and guiding. He's always pointing to Christ. See, Christ is the real value. Christ is everything. As we sang this morning, it's all about Jesus. And when that's the case, guess what comes out of us? A melody of praise. Do you see that? When Christ is in me, what comes out of me? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if the Holy Spirit is continually filling me and empowering me, what comes out is praise and psalms and melodies of the goodness of Christ. Come on! Inner holiness, the work of God in us sings his praise. Oh, it's in our heart to the Lord. He goes on to say, giving thanks always, just to be filled with the Spirit, to give thanks always for all things. Like we've heard that before, right? Like Philippians, don't complain. We've heard be thankful in all things, First Thessalonians. This is not easy. This is not something we can do in our own strength. I heard a sermon once, and it says this, when we're truly thankful, we're not looking at ourselves, but we're looking at others. If you have trouble thanking people for what they do for you, it's because you're a self-sufficient, proud person. Hello. Yeah. Because my focus is on me and what I could do. And I don't want to receive help. And it comes through in my attitude when I can't say thank you. But if I am thankful, I'm looking to God to what he's done. And I'm looking at others and how God uses them in my life. See, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Because, you see, it's not about me. It's about others, the work of others, how Jesus is using them, because the Holy Spirit is always, again, pointing to Christ. We are changed. And we can give thanks, and God takes over. It's such an amazing witness that we see. Usually when we give thanks, there's incredible unity amongst us because the selfishness dissipates. And what happens to really hurt unity amongst believers is people who want to do it their own way. Huh? We're all together? No, we've got to do it this way. We, I want to do it this way. It's about me and what I think I can do. And it, it, Are you following me? Or do I need to explain it more? And see, that's why the Holy Spirit, as we give thanks, we're pointing to Christ, which creates unity, and we work together. And anytime there's unity and people looking to one another as they look to Jesus, we see the work of the Holy Spirit come in a fullness in Scripture in an amazing way. Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost, it says they were gathered together in prayer in what? One accord. Not anyone doing their own thing. Not anyone saying, it was all about Jesus, calling out to Jesus, waiting for Jesus, obeying Jesus. And as they did that, the Holy Spirit came in an amazing way and the church was birthed and the gifts of the Spirit came as unity was there. 
It's amazing because when we look to Jesus, we're giving thanks. We just want to talk about him. When we're thanking Jesus and we're thinking about Jesus. And there's something amazing that the Holy Spirit brings, and we can see it in Acts chapter 2, and even all the way through the book of Acts, there's incredible boldness that comes with the power, the person of the Holy Spirit. Whether it's Pentecost or Acts chapter 4, when the Spirit came and they prayed again in unity, and the Spirit shook the place, and the Lord gave them boldness to share and speak of him whether it was Stephen and how the Holy Spirit came upon him. He wasn't looking at himself. He was looking at Christ. And when they're stoning him, he saw Jesus. Amen. And the Holy Spirit worked through him. Whether the Acts 19 and uh, Paul was there with these yeah, in Ephesus, these 12 who started in unity, calling out and this boldness came as they gave thanks. They look at the Lord and Acts 1 says, wait until the Holy Spirit comes and in power, He will give you what? He'll give you power to be His witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. We cannot do it in our own strength, but when the Holy Spirit, we're in unity, comes upon us and we desire Him and only Him, there's this power that comes, not for ourselves, not for self-glorification, not to say, look at me, but to share Jesus. Did you hear me? Because when we look at Jesus, we see his goodness and the Holy Spirit shows us and works in us. We want to share him and then boldness comes. What does that boldness look like? It could look different in all of our lives. Sometimes it's words. Sometimes it's not words. Sometimes it's the perfect word. Sometimes it's quiet. Sometimes it's loud. We don't put the Holy Spirit in a box that he has to look like this, this, or this. Because he works differently. But I'll tell you what it does look like. At the end of it, it's not, oh, wow, look at Dan. It's, wow, look at God. And if there's anything that happens, and we see it as a counterfeit, it's when it points to self and not to God. You can say, that wasn't the Holy Spirit. If you have to tell everyone what you're doing from God, that's not the Holy Spirit in you working through you. Hello? Hello? <laughs> so beautiful. And the times where I've experienced God in, let's say, experiential ways, my heart became on fire for the people who didn't know him. I can remember having experiences, and no, oh, Pastor Dan, do, do you, did you have any wondrous acts come upon you? Yeah, like I've spoken tongues and all done that, but I don't even think about that. You know what I remember is after my heart for the lost was absolutely incredible. I can remember going to prayer meetings and experiencing God, and then I never pick up hitchhikers, but the Holy Spirit was upon me. I saw someone, New Jersey, like double highway. I'm like, I got to turn around at the next light, there was a hitchhiker. I don't normally do that. Why? And when they got in, I'm like, hey, I had to turn around to get you. I was just at a prayer meeting, and I want to tell you about the love of God. See, that's the work of God in our lives, where it takes it away from me and what I have to do and my thoughts of the world to be filled with him. And I see him, and I see others, and there's this power and there's boldness that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, this is an amazing work, and I'm showing you, this is what it doesn't look like. 
self-glorification, me. Look at us. Look what we're doing. Look at the show. You know what? There will be works and wonders, but they follow people who chase after Jesus. If you're chasing after works, you're chasing after the wrong thing. In the book of Acts, they just wanted Jesus. And everything else flowed from there. I was saying to someone today, I don't know if it was Dave or Doug, the older I get, you know what? When I was young, I wanted experiences. I, I, not that I don't want to experience God in new ways. I just want more of God. I just want more of Him. You know what I've learned? This is an endurance race. This ain't no sprint. And I want to work and walk with Him in His power. And it's an everyday choice. God, I need you. I need your power. I don't want to show today, but if you want to use me, that's great. I just want you today. I just want you today. I just want your presence. I just want opportunities. I just want your will. I want to operate how you want me to operate. Well, finally, when the Holy Spirit, I think, is an amazing fruit, is submitting one to another. You know, we have a world that doesn't like to submit to anything. What? You talk about authority and it's like, whoa, authority is bad because they misuse authority, they abuse authority. And so our first thought about authority is negative. You know, there's nothing we should fear with God's authority in our life because he loves us. You don't fear authority that loves you. And I can tell you that Jesus loves you. And it's hard sometimes to submit. Again, it's a putting myself down for the sake of him and the sake of others. Is that where you're at this morning? Because I don't want to fail to mention, not only do we produce fruit and the holiness and the internal of the bottle, and we have power to share the gospel through the person of the Holy Spirit, but we also have these amazing gifts. And you know what? In a body, in a family, you use your abilities to bless those around you, but there's this incredible submission of myself to help somebody else. It's bending down to help somebody. Letting go of my rights. Letting go of what I naturally deserve. Not because I don't deserve it, because there's a greater role. And that's what Jesus showed us, as Martin said at Christmas. He submitted himself to the Father. And he came to this earth and he gave up his divinity in a sense to be this physical form in submission to God because he loved God and he loves us. And that work in us is absolutely incredible when we can do that God's way. But if you're going to do it in your own strength, it's incredibly difficult. But as a family, as we, as we use our gifts, when I use the gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, 14, in the book of Romans, whether that's giving or prophecy or um, serving, administrations, healing, whatever that is, it's not for me. 
The gifts are to edify. The work of the Holy Spirit in me is to bless you. If I have a little bit of the gift of teaching, I can't leave here. And sometimes God has to correct me. Did I do well? Did I do bad? Did they like it? Did they not? What are they thinking of me? The point should be, were they edified in the truth of God's word today? Did my gift build up the body of Christ? And if you go home and your gift is faith or serving or giving, did I give enough? Did I not give enough? That's not the question. The Holy Spirit will show you, but as you operate in Him and you're a channel of those supernatural abilities is to build your brothers and sisters up. The hand that needs help, if you're the leg, the eye, the nose, the kidney, whatever it is, let me do my part. Let me do it in the power of God to bless and edify the body of Christ. And what we have become in regards to the gift is self-glorifying. Look at me. Look what I do. And that is not in God's word. When we have to point to ourselves and say, didn't you see that I did this and this and this? Why? Because you're focused on yourself when you say that and you're not focused on him. Because when you focus on him, it's a natural flow and he uses those gifts. And as we mature in him, there is just this use of us. And at times it's incredible because it's not us. It's supernatural. And I say, I can't do that. But as I submit to God and I submit to others and I do my part, he uses that as an amazing witness through the power of God in me, the Holy Spirit, to change those around me. And here it is. Each of you has a gift to be used for God's kingdom. Are you going to submit to God and do it? Are you going to submit and lower yourselves to others around you? Talk about a witness, too. There is no greater witness to a world that is evil, evil times, than people who are joyful in trial, And choose to submit to one another and come forth with the words of God internally through his holiness in them. When you see someone who's going through an awful time and yet they still give thanks. When you see someone who has no reason to submit. I'm not talking about abuse, by the way, so just throw that out. But who does those things? The world is like, wowzers, there's something different. Because that's not naturally how we operate in the world. I can think, I haven't experienced a huge amount. I was tempted whether I should share on this or not, but I've had people give me prophecies in incredibly loud ways that brought forth fear that I'm not doing enough They always pointed to what I wasn't doing. I've had prophecies that told me, actually this is true, that I shouldn't submit. I should be a Moses and stand up for what's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, this, this happens. If you're in a point of leadership in a spiritual place, everyone wants to tell you something. You're not doing enough. You're not loud enough. We need to do this before service. And you don't listen to other people. 
I'm telling you this, and you stand up for what's right. And as I look back, you know what? No submission. All pointing to me and what I was doing. And nothing about Jesus. That's how you discern this wasn't God. Followed with some threats. If you don't do this, this is what's going to happen to you. Tone's important, my friends. And how God speaks is very important. I'm glad I experienced those moments, even though I want to wipe them from my memory, because it's taught me what the Holy Spirit looks like and what he doesn't. You see, God's word speaks to us and then experiences can show us. Amen? And if you see someone claiming to work in the Holy Spirit and it's all about them and there's no submission and they're a lone ranger and they're doing their thing and they don't have any joy or love and they're angry. And what complaining? You're not, you're not, you're not. It's not our God. If you see Jesus, encouragement, edification, and exhortation, obviously, to be more like him, full of thankfulness, full of submission, we can say, that's the Holy Spirit. You know what? We're growing as a church. We're going to meet a lot of different people. And if I believe, okay, if I'm really going to believe that God told me there's going to be revival in Lanark County, do you think there's going to be more people than are here today? Well, I hope every church has more people than today. It's not just about Northgate. But the thing is, when people come in, it can't, sometimes not cozy and comfortable. Sometimes it's not like, hey, what are you getting a little wild? Or this is too quiet, or this is too loud. Remember, I don't, I don't want a box, right? Like, oh, the Holy Spirit, it's loud. and mo-. Maybe the Holy Spirit's quiet. I don't know, but don't put him in your box, right? Or what you think it is. But I am telling you, coming in, we have to recognize what is God and what is not God. Each one of you. Because you can lovingly walk with people to help them in discipleship through the truth of God's Word. And I'm going to tell you discipleship. You know the best form of discipleship? Isn't this teaching? The best form of discipleship is not going to a Bible study and be like, I'm not saying those aren't good. But you know what the best form of discipleship is? One-on-one, you grabbing someone and saying, hey, let's go for coffee every week. Let's talk about how you're doing. Let's talk about what Jesus is doing. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. Because one-on-one, there ain't no escape. And we have to talk about our real life. And you know what? Jesus Small group, one-on-one. He went with his disciples. He lived with them. He walked with them. He talked with them. He shared with them. He said, Peter, get behind me. He let them lay on his breast. He told them of the kingdom of God. That's discipleship. And if we're full of the Holy Spirit, and we're walking in him, and not the ways of the world, right? We see people, and we can disciple them as God flows through us. That's the best discipleship program. You investing in others. It's not in us getting a nicer building, though someday that would be nice. It's not glass windows. No, it's about us shining the love of Christ.
with each other, edifying each other with our gifts through the power of the Holy Spirit. And God has a plan for each of you, and you're integral to his work in this county. Okay, finally, what is this? I just want to tell you when it says, yeah, I actually am finishing. Um, You know, you've probably heard it says, do not be drunk, but the actual Greek is, do not be ye being filled with wine. And with the spirits, like, it says, but be filled with the spirit. It's actually, but be ye being active, filled with the spirit. And sometimes I struggle with this, depends uh, what theology I'm listening to. You, people, oh, that's the baptism of the spirit, we need to be filled. And I totally agree with that. And then others who say, well, we had the Holy Spirit when we believed and he indwells us. And I totally believe in that. And I'm like, how am I going to explain this? And people said, oh, the furnace and we leak. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. Does God indwell you and stay with you when you believe in Jesus, come live in you by the power and the person of the Holy Spirit? The answer is yes. Yes. But do I need continually more of God? The answer is yes. Okay, let's take it finished. Do not be drunk with wine. Right? All this bottle for myself, it's French. Even if I drink this all this afternoon because I think the Buffalo Bills are going to lose again and I want to deal with my problems before I get there and not go into emotional problems. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Pray for me about 7 o'clock. Let me drink some more. I don't want to feel this way. You know, we can... Act. You know what? In the morning I'm going to wake up sober. You know that? Well, you could drink a lot. Okay, give it two days. Eventually, you're going to be sober. If you need to get yourself out of your right mind, what do you have to do? What? What do you have to do? If you want to be drunk again, what do you have to do? After this wears up, what do I have to do? Buy more. Why do you think the LCBO does so well? I got this. The line went all the way down and around. I'm like, this is the most popular place in town. And I'm not making fun of those who struggle with alcohol. It's real, and I'm sure God's working. But I just want to tell you, if you want to be drunk, you have to continually drink to stay there. And that's why we have alcoholics. They have to drink every day. What I want us to be and understand and explain to you is, yes, the Holy Spirit is in us. But you know what? Every day we need to fill ourselves afresh with Him. We need to drink Him every day. Are you hearing me? Let's not get into theology and how you want to explain it. You cannot go wrong with this. If I want to be drunk in a sense, controlled and empowered by the Holy Spirit, and all those things, the joy and the, and the thanks and pointing to Jesus and submitting, I need Him every day. I need Him every day. I need to fill myself with Him every day. And you know what? Drink deeply of Him in your life. Drink deeply. Don't say, I have enough of God. I'm all right. And then go live complaining all about you, not submitting to anyone. Because we'll say, you have who in your life? And you have freedom to call me out. You need to fill yourself. 
daily. And that's what it's saying in the active. Don't be continually filled with wine or the world or the thoughts of the world where it's about me and, and, and blah, blah, blah. You fill it in and humanism and human rights. That's not the word of God. The word of God is I'm filled with Christ and him and his fruit, love, joy, peace, patience. And as I seek and fill myself with him every day, how does that happen? I say, God, I need you. God, help me. I can't do it. God, please, every day. And I don't let that slide. Because if you think it's in your strength, in your ability, it's a downward slope. And every day, like that fish swimming upstream in a, back to the start, evil world, redeeming the time. How? Drink of Jesus deeply every day. Drink of his spirit. Desire him. Be with him. And these things will flow out of you. Check mark if they're not. Don't try harder. Start asking. Because we have a good father. And if we ask, and if we ask, we humble ourselves and say, I can't do it, God. And we simply say, I need you. He's a good father. How much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Not just once. Every day. It's not a one-time decision in a sense. Yes, you have eternal security. It's a decision every day. Am I going to follow the way of the world? Or am I going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ? Today is the day of salvation. Not yesterday, not tomorrow. Today I need you and I want you. Holy Spirit, will you fill me with more of who you are, the glory and the character of Christ? Amen? And getting into the next section, not to... How do you think your marriage is going to be amazing? Come on. How do you think your marriage is going to be amazing? By you glorifying self and doing things in your own strength and doing what you want? (laughs) That's next week. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, this morning that you are gracious and good. Maybe there's some in this room, uh, thinking, praying yesterday, who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. They've never had the Holy Spirit enter them through belief. And I don't want to believe or think Anyone in this room, you might have gone to church your whole life. I don't know. Maybe you're new to church. I don't know. But I want to ask you, have you repented of doing things on your own, of your sin? Have you said, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life? Have you said, I need you. I want to be born again. And it's as simple as saying those things in your heart. It's not a prayer. But there is possibly this journey where there comes a moment where you say, no, it's not me. And I confess the Lord with my mouth what I believe in my heart. That could be you today. God is bringing us a lot of seekers. And I like to come here because there's peace and love and joy and praise God. But God wants your heart. He wants to change your life. He's not saying your problems will go away. He's saying he's with you. He wants to give you that forgiveness that he's won on the cross. He wants to take your burdens. 
Is that you this morning? You're seeking? Just confess him in your heart. And after service, confess to someone. I've made a choice today. I accept Jesus, his work for me. I'm repenting of myself and my work. I realize I can't do it. And I'm choosing him. That's the gospel, amen? The best decision anyone can make. For the rest of us, maybe you've been living this Christian walk, but you feel powerless this morning. Feel the problems are too great. You feel the evilness is too much. Maybe personally in your life, there's evil all around. Maybe you look at the world, there's evil. I want to tell you, God wants us to redeem, reclaim the time by shining for him, living in the power of the Holy Spirit. And this morning, we can ask, and he will give. It says, if we pray according to his will, that he will hear us and he will answer. So corporately, together, God, would you fill us afresh and new with more of you? Would you direct us to Jesus continually? May we see his grace and his goodness. May we see his sovereignty. May we see his love. Would you change us? I just have a thought. Someone's really struggling with anxiousness in this room right now. And it's real. Jesus wants to help you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to fill you. He wants to tell you you're not alone. He wants to give you a thankful heart in heavy circumstances. Not that the challenge will go away, but would you hear me, whoever it is, he is with you. And he wants to reveal himself and his power and his goodness more and more. Don't solve it by filling yourself with the world, but fill yourself with Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Thanks for listening. If you want any information about our church, check us out at northgateministry.com. If you'd like to listen to more teachings, you can listen at YouTube at Northgate Ministry. Northgate Ministry.